Hello, this is Elder Brandon Hartfield. We're thankful to have this opportunity to come and be on the radio broadcast again this week. We certainly desire the prayers of those of you that know the Lord, and by the Lord's help, we pray that we can be used of God to be a blessing. Before we get started with the message, we do want to look to the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, as we come to you this day, Lord, we're so thankful for the many wonderful things that you've done for us. Father, you've been better to us than we deserve. And Father, it's even hard to put into words how good that you've been to us. And Father, even for those that are lost, you're still giving them an opportunity to be saved. Uh, you're still giving the saved time to repent and have a greater walk with you and a better relationship with you. And Father, we just pray that you would lead, guide, and direct in the service. Help us to accomplish your will, Father. Help us to preach your message that, Father, your will could be accomplished. And Father, that we could see lost souls saved and your people drawn close to you. Father, we ask all these things in the name of Jesus, for he is worthy. Amen. You know, we've been going through the seven churches at Asia. We're picking up in chapter 3 today, uh, dealing with the church at Sardis. Uh, and, of course, part of our goal in this is try to see if where we're going does it fit into one of these categories. You know, are, are we one of these churches? Are we a church that God is ready to spew out of His mouth? Are we a church that is dead? Are we a church that is alive? Are we a church that is following Him? Are we a church that's putting forth some actions of following God, but not everything. And got some things that have been left off to where God even says, I'll remove the candlestick. Now, this is important to note um, that I think a lot of people miss out on. You know, we got this false doctrine that's taught by a lot of people today that all sin is equal. Well, if it is, and we all sin, because we know we do. Uh, sometimes there's sin of commission, there's sin of omission. Uh, sometimes there's sin within our thoughts. Sometimes there's sin within our actions. We all sin. But God deals with these churches very differently. Even though they all sin, if all sin was equal, wouldn't they all receive an equal punishment? Think about that for just a moment. God doesn't deal with these churches the same. Because of their sins, and depending upon what sin it is, or sins multiple, He deals with them differently. And, and again, the false teaching of all sin is equal. And I, I, I'm praying that we can preach a, a message on this before long. But this thought that all sin is equal is such heresy. There are sins unto death. There are sins not unto death. And that's not just talking about being lost or saved. Of course, you can deal with that issue. Sin of unbelief is, is worse than any other sin. The condemnation for that is far worse. Do you think David didn't commit other sins before he sinned with Bathsheba? But the sin he committed against Bathsheba carried a far greater punishment than the punishment for the other sins he committed. If you go back through the Old Testament, there were sins where God said, well, you make, make a little atonement here, you can do this. And there were other sins. He said, the man that does this is worthy of death, and you need to stone him and put him to death. Even in the Old Testament, sin was not always equal. And it's certainly not in the New Testament. And it's not the, the burden that we're going to preach with today, but I want us to understand while we're going through these churches that it's important to understand 
that while we all sin, there's some churches who have fellowship with God and they don't have perfect church members. They don't. And there are other ones that he says, I've, I'm taking the candlestick away. There's others that he said, I'm spewing thee out of my mouth. If all sin was equal, <laughs> all would get the same judgment because all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We all have failures. I don't belong to a perfect church. I don't. I don't pastor a perfect church. We're aiming toward perfection. But if all sin was equal, we'd get the same punishment as some of the others. But that's not the way it works. Because depending upon what sin we're committing depends upon the judgment of God. And I'll say this, sin has always existed in the world, but the world's going to become so sinful at one point in time, even studying in the book of Revelation, that God's going to have no other choice but to judge the world and even destroy this world because of judgment. Not all sin is equal. Don't you dare fall for that lie. And don't believe it in churches. Well, as long as we're gathering together in the name of Christ, it doesn't matter what we believe or what we do, because all sin is equal, and if we got a fault here and this one's got a fault there, you know, it's all equal, so it really won't matter. It does matter. And these letters to the seven churches in Asia prove it. Because depending upon the sin, there's some that he said, I mean, even we dealt with a few weeks ago the church at Smyrna. They were a poor but rich church. Were they a sinless church? We know there's no such thing. But yet God didn't even call them to repent. Think about that. Consider the Scriptures. Look at them. Study them. Dig in them. Because there's sadly a lot of people that think, well, all sin's the same. It's not. All sin can separate us from God. It can. And when you're lost, all sin shows that we're guilty of breaking the law. And if you're breaking, breaking one of the least commandments, you're guilty of all, which means you're undone before God, but that's as a lost person. And God's just trying to get you to see your need of repenting and trusting in Christ. That you're guilty before Him. But if you study throughout the, the Scriptures from Genesis to Revelation, you're going to find that God deals with different sins differently. And some He deals with far worse consequences than others. And certainly the worst sin of all is the sin of unbelief, which leads a person to hell. And we need to remember that as we're studying these churches because if we're not careful in our churches... We'll get very self-righteous. And we'll say, well, we're not as bad as this church over here and we're not looking at our own sins and we're not seeing where we are and maybe where we need to repent and we might even be on the verge of where God is saying, I'm about to pull my spirit away from you or I'm about to spew thee out of my mouth. And we need to know where we are so that we know what we need to repent of or what we need to continue doing. And remember that as we get into the church of Sardis today, beginning in verse 1 of Revelation chapter 3. It says, And unto the angel of the church in Sardis write, These things saith he that hath the seven spirits of God, 
and the seven stars, I know thy works, that thou hast a name that thou livest and art dead. Oh. That's a powerful statement, isn't it? You have a name that you live. There's a lot of people that name the name of Christ and there's people say, well, I'm a Christian. That means I'm alive. I'm, I'm, I'm saved. I'm this and that. Yeah, there's some that are dead. And just because a church says that they're a church on the outside sign somewhere doesn't mean that God recognizes them. Just because you've got a name that you're alive doesn't mean that you are. You can name the name of Christ and still be dead. And He says that about this church. that You have a name that thou livest, but you're dead. He says, be watchful and strengthen the things which remain that are ready to die. For I have not found thy works perfect before God. And he's dealing with this church, and he says, You got even just a few things that remain, and you need to take care of them before they're even dead. And the way I look at that and see that scripturally is they got a few doctrines that are still right and true. And he says, You you, you might want to make sure that those stay alive. You know, we got so many doctrines that have died off over the past 100, 150 years in the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. And no doubt there's many churches that used to be alive, but they're not now. They're carrying on services. They might even have a house full of people, but they're dead. Adultery is not a big thing. I'm not just talking about physical adultery. I'm talking about spiritual adultery. We go and take part with all the things of the world and say, Oh, but we're of God. God's going, No, 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 you're not. You're acting like the world. I'm not fellowshipping with that. I'm not going along with that. We've gotten to the place that even sins that Jesus names Himself and are clearly written in Scripture, even by those led of the Holy Spirit to write the other parts of the Word of God. You can actually just read Scripture, and I've done this before. I have sat back and you know just quoted Scripture to people before. Just quote a verse of Scripture. And I don't have anybody in mind when I'm quoting it. You just quote a verse of Scripture and somebody gets upset. How dare you say that Scripture? Man, I didn't even preach on it. I didn't even say anything on it. And sometimes it's directly quoting Christ. And they'll get upset at you. How dare you quote that Scripture to me? Like, wasn't even aiming at you, but... And I mean, these, this is people that go to church and they say, oh, we're right with God, we're good. <laughs> and you'll quote a scripture. No, I don't say that one. Let me ask a question. What does the Bible say on being divorced and remarried? And I'm not ma- making a statement myself. I'm asking a question. What did Jesus call that? You know the answer. If you've studied your Bibles, you know the answer. But yet if I quote that, if I preach from that, and even repeat what Jesus said, 
You know how many people say, that horrible preacher, that judgmental person. What does he say about homosexuality? Romans chapter 1. I mean, even Jesus said, you know, that for this cause, you know, God, God made male and female, made He them. You go to 1 Corinthians chapter 7, to avoid fornication, let every man have his own wife. Let every woman have her own husband. Hey, complicated. And it takes care of homosexuality. It takes care of, uh, of adultery. It takes care of fornication. It, it takes care of a lot of issues. But there's people that don't want it. You go to Titus chapter 2 and just start reading through Titus chapter 2. My goodness, one time I read Proverbs 31. You think, well, that, that's an easy one. Start about verse 10 and read through the remainder of Romans chapter 31 talking about the virtuous woman. And I've had women going, huh, my husband thinks I'm waking up that early. If he thinks I'm doing this, going, well, y'all don't want the crown then. And yet those same women will say, well, I'm just as godly as anybody else. No, you're not. You can't disobey Scripture and go against the Word of God. Men can't love some other woman. They can't abuse their wives as it says in uh, Ephesians chapter 5. You know, a man nourisheth his own flesh. He cherisheth it. He cares for it. The same way Christ loved the church and gave Himself for it. A man that, you know, abuseth his, his own flesh. You, you know how horrible that is. And your wife is bone of your bone, flesh of your flesh. To abuse your wife goes against Scripture. Well, I'm just as good as other people. No, you're not. And we're talking about living towards God. We're talking about living in a godly fashion. And there's people that come up and say, well, you, you sin differently than I do. It's all the same. No, it's not. It's not all the same. And I'll even say this, the Scripture that deals with looking upon a woman and lusting after her and having adultery in your heart is not the same as having adultery in your flesh. Common sense should take care of that. And all that I'm trying to get to in this is we have lost so many doctrines in the Bible. We have left so many things that we're committing fornication. We're living in ungodliness. Listen, Christians in the past... 100 plus years has gone from women wearing dresses down to their ankles to be modest and godly because they're to adorn themselves in modest apparel. That's what the Scripture says. Men too. And we've gone a long way on men and how they dress. But adorn themselves in modest apparel. We've gone to, to ankle-length dresses to where a Christian will argue to death about talking about them wearing a bikini. Which they might as well just be wearing a bra and panties out in public. What's the difference? Seeing the same amount of skin. We have no concept of things scripturally. We have come a long way from the truth. We need to be watchful. We need to get back to the Scripture. We need to strengthen, not just leave them as they are, but strengthen the things that remain. 
And then move on and improve other things. He says, Remember therefore how thou hast received and heard and hold fast and repent. If therefore thou shalt not watch, I will come on thee as a thief. And thou shalt not know what hour I will come upon thee. God's saying, I'm going to come and I'm going to judge you for this. Again, that's a lot different than he dealt with Smyrna, isn't it? Did they both have sin? They did. But did one have a heart to follow God and another not have a heart to follow God? That's a big difference, isn't it? It's a big difference. He says, Thou hast a few names, even in Sardis, which have not defiled their garments, and they shall walk with me in white, for they are worthy. Worthy. Evidently, we've got a whole lot of socialism taught in churches that if you're saved, all of us are going to receive the same reward. What hogwash. What a lie. Doesn't fit anywhere in Scripture. Nowhere in Scripture. There are some people going to be saved, yet so as by fire, according to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. They're going to have no rewards. They're going to have no works. They're saved. They're missing hell. But they got no reward. There are other people who have laid up treasure in heaven. There are other people worthy to be adorned in white. And this even gets to the bride versus people who are just a member of a church somewhere but not living for God. There's a difference between the bride and just being a member of a church somewhere. And there's definitely a difference between just being saved and being a part of the bride. He said there's a few, even in Sardis, which have not defiled their garments. God said, there's a few left. They're still serving me. They're still honoring me. They're probably being rebuked and made fun of by the rest of the church because they're not walking like the world. They're walking like Christ. And the rest of the church is probably looking at them. Look, they think they're better than us. Look at how they won't take part in this activity or that activity and they won't do this and they won't do that. Yeah, because they don't want to act like the world. They've been a spouse to one husband and they're trying to act that way. He says, He that overcometh the same shall be clothed in white raiment. And I will not blot out his name out of the book of life. But I will confess his name before my Father and before his angels. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. Are we listening? I mean that, are we? There are honestly saved people today that think that they can walk any way they want to and that God's going to honor it. No, He's not. And I am saddened because there are people so deceived. They say, well, I've trusted Christ, so I'm... 
I'm going to get to heaven and I'm going to receive a full reward just because I've trusted Christ. No, you're not. A full reward is for those who have served Him and labored for Him. Yes, salvation is by grace through faith in Christ alone. And it's not of works lest any man should boast. And I'll preach that all the day long. But dear friend, this idea that we can live however we want to and God's going to bless it, God's going to fellowship with it. There's people that even say, oh, my prayer life with God is good while they're walking in the way of the world. And I'm going, I don't know where you're getting that, but you're not getting it from God. And there are churches that bring in the world, try to look like the world, act like the world, talk like the world, entertain like the world, instead of preaching the truth in Christ. And there's no repentance taught. There's no leaving sin that's taught. There's no... There's no upholding a holy standard for God's people. And they'll say, oh, we're doing good. we got this great relationship with God. Man, the Spirit's with us. I'll say a Spirit's with you. It ain't the Spirit of God. Oh, you judging. No, I'm telling you scripturally. You can call me whatever names that you want to become Judgment Day. You're going to have to admit that you heard the truth. There's people going around, well, don't judge me because I sin differently than you. Well, there are some sins unto death and there are some not unto death. According to 1 John chapter 5, I believe. Do you know that we're not even to pray for those in the church that have committed a sin unto death? That's Scripture. There are times we're to hand people over to Satan that they would learn not to blaspheme. Scripture. And we pretend like those verses don't exist, just like we pretend about divorce and remarrying doesn't exist. Just like we pretend that fornication doesn't exist. No, God, He understands. No, He doesn't. It's clear in His Word He doesn't. There's things that He said should not be named once among those that become a saint. Not once. And we play around with those sins all the day long and say, but God's going to bless us. <laughs> you haven't studied much Bible to say that. You haven't even read Romans chapter 11 to say something like that. Everything that was written aforetime was written for our learning. If God didn't accept things when Israel did them, and they were the natural branches and we've been grafted in, you think He's going to accept it when we do it? Somebody's lied to you. And it might be that you've lied to yourself. But we need to learn from the church of Sardis. We need to learn that God is saying, well, you got a name that you live, you're carrying on services, and you're acting like you're one of mine, but you're not. Go read 2 Timothy chapter 3 sometime. 
And he's talking about saved people in that chapter, not just the ways of the world. He's talking about this being amongst God's people. That's why it's perilous times. Because they're walking in sin and thinking it's fine. And they're heaping to themselves teachers, having itching ears, because they don't want to receive the truth. You think God's going to bless when we rebel against His Word? You think God's going to judge us the same? I'll remind you, New York City has a pile of sin in it. San Francisco, Los Angeles, Las Vegas, all those have a pile of sin in them. They have not received the judgment of Sodom and Gomorrah yet. And there's coming a day the whole world's going to be judged that way and be burned with a fervent heat according to Scripture. Do you know why Sodom and Gomorrah was judged the way they were and other cities in their time were not? All those cities had sin. Why was those cities burned? Because they did some sins that were such an abomination. Why did Paul tell the church at Corinth to remove a member from them that had committed so, such sins that were not so much as named among the Gentiles? Others were committing sins. Why did some die when they took part of the Lord's Supper unworthily in 1 Corinthians chapter 11? And some did not. Why? Because not all sin is equal. And sometimes we even look at our own lives and we look at the church we belong to and we say, oh, we're just as good as everybody else. Wouldn't it be a shame if you're going to church today or you're going to church tonight or midweek service or whenever it is and you're meeting? But God's not there. Wouldn't it be a shame if God said, You have a name that you live, but you don't? If my people, which are called by my name, will turn from their wicked ways. We need to strengthen what remains. Don't leave it as it is. Strengthen it. And then we need to move on unto perfection. You say, but preacher, you said, well, all sin, we're never going to be perfect. No, but we aim for it. And let me tell you this, God knows when we're aiming to serve Him and when we're not. We need to learn. We need to read these Scriptures and pay attention to them and repent while there's time. Because even a lot of churches that say, oh, we're conservative, we're this and we're that, we might want to examine the Scriptures and see how far have we come. We've come a long way. And I can tell you, even the places that I pastor and where I'm a member at, I can tell you there's some repenting we need to do. That's not just putting us down. It's just being honest and saying the truth. 
And if we're looking around at other churches and saying, well, at least we're not like those over there and we're not like those over there, we're missing what we're not. And we're missing where we need to repent. We need to examine ourselves by the Scriptures because it would be a sad thing for God to say, well, you got a name that you live, but you're dead. We need to listen to the Word of God. We need to pay attention to it and see how far we have fallen from the Word of God, the Word of truth. And we need to turn back to it. And we pray that, listen, if you have a burden, something upon your heart, listen, we want you to feel free. Our number is 601-606-4681. You can write us, Brandon Hartfield, 8 Smith Drive, Hattiesburg, Mississippi, 39401. You can email us, our email address, brobrandonh at aol.com. I've had people say, man, you need to get a new email address. Well, I've got people I've handed out business cards to for years. And maybe they need to send me something. That's the reason I don't change it. I've got other emails and different things, but the ones that I hand out, uh, you know, for the gospel, that's the same one I've used for probably 20 years now. And if people have a burden, they know where they can reach me. And I still check it for that purpose. And I want you to feel free. Again, it's brobrandonh at aol.com. That's B-R-O-B-R-A-N-D-O-N-H at aol.com. Again, we pray this could be a blessing. to Heavenly Father, we pray that you'll use this message. Use it to your honor and glory. Help us to accomplish your will, Father. And Father, we pray that we'd submit ourselves to your word above all else. For we ask this all in the name of Jesus, for he is worthy. Amen.